Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell notification so you're uh, notified of any time that we put on new content. We have videos going up daily, loads of great guests, particularly this week. I know I say that, but very much so this week, including today's guest. Um, well, might as well just start. I think it's going to be a long one. Strap yourself in. It's Nigel Khan. Hi Nigel, how are you doing, man? How you doing, Russ? You all right, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Appreciate you taking the time. Love the backdrop. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Yeah, the backdrop. It's, uh, it's, um, this is my shed for people to look at a podcast. Oh, wow. That mural there yeah. used to hang in the tunnel at the bowling ground. Oh, yeah, I thought it looked familiar. Uh, back in the um, Kerbishly days, I yeah. believe. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not yes, uh, I've, got, I've got loads more. I've got loads more, but no doubt we'll, we'll, see we'll, we'll, we'll see that for another time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> anyway, Nigel, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Obviously, you know what we're doing. We're interviewing loads of Ham- Hammers fans all over the world, different ages, about their memories and also their Hammers 11. And I understand you've got sort of a, you've had some agonizing decisions to make on your 11. Um, but obviously, in terms of your West Ham fan career, um, what would you say was your earliest? West Ham memory. Ooh, earliest West Ham memory. Yeah. Well, I, I'm like a dying breed now, it seems, in that I was born and brought up in the area. Yeah. So, obviously, naturally, it, it, you know, we're, we're a lot, of, you know, the East End's changed and people moved away, mm. like I have moved away, to be fair. But, I mean, the club was always there. I come from a West Ham family, as such. My family were market traders. Um, I had a cousin that played in the youth team. Uh, in the in the 70s so the, the you know from my earliest memories I, I, I remember when my, my my great granddad had a peanut stall and he used to have always a, um a team picture up yeah Clyde Best actually probably stood out for me for obvious reasons <laughs> yeah. um in that team photo if I remember it, it was like the 74 75 team yeah. photo from Esso, I think, funny enough, I always remember it had like the Esso, he must have got it out of the petrol garage or something. Yeah, and he had it pinned up on his market stall. So, um, yeah, it, you know, it's, the, the club is 
um, as you can see by me collecting all this crap, <laughs> it's sort of uh, ingrained into me mm. now. Yeah, no, of course it hasn't it. From as I said, from sort of the uh, sort of the mid seventies at least, you know, and obviously over that time, that's you know, a fair few decades of fortunes always hiding and 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 you know peaks and troughs. What would you say was sort of your fondest sort of you know, a few sort of that stick out fondest West Ham memories that stick out for you? Oh well, I, I was a mascot in wow. 1981. Yeah. When I only had one, and it was the last game of the season, and we lifted the Division Two trophy against Wrexham. Really? Wow! Absolute sellout crowd, walking out on the pitch that day. I was eleven. We were season ticket holders then, so um, my first season, we got relegated, nineteen seventy-seven, seventy-eight. Start as you mean to go on. <laughs> well, you say that. I, I mean, I remember watching the seventy-five Cup final yeah, as a yeah, kid, yeah. and then where we were, we had a street party after. Wow. All the kids down the centre of the road. I was a five years old. And I always remember that Dr. Who fought the um, Cybermen that night. It's a strange thing that you remember. Because, you know, I was only five and I'd had enough. And I went indoors yeah. to watch Dr. Who. <laughs> and, and it was the Cybermen. So I always remember. I think I went back to the party, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, he was brilliant. You know, another street party. You know, everything seemed to be... You think from the age of, I remember being four or five years old, the West Ham team. So from that to 1986, I witnessed two FA Cups, one relegation. Yeah. We won the Division Two title, record points. League Cup final, went to that. You know, we had all that 86, finished third. So in, you know, 11, 12 years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the highs were packed in. Yeah, exactly. You had all, all, <laughs> you had all, all the all, you had all the accolades quite clearly yeah, in the so, first. You know, as a sixteen-year-old supporting yeah. West Ham, you think this is brilliant. You know, yeah. we are one of the best teams. And then you know, then I suppose the fade and die bit comes in, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we go relegations. Players come and go. Managers come and go. Owners come and go. Some owners come and don't go. Unfortunately for me, but. We won't get political. No, not um, today. Not today. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Um, yeah. Life as a West Ham fan. I feel for people... Um, I think it was uh, Kevin who does Six and Drugs and Colton Coles. Like, yeah. first season, I think, was early 90s. Mm. And, you know, you, those people, probably your age, yeah. seen nothing. <laughs> what have you had? We've lost an FA Cup final. Yeah. And... I get it. I don't really celebrate the playoff wins. I must admit, they were great yeah. days out. Don't get me wrong. Went the boat with them. But I don't see the celebration in them. Mm. But and there's a lot of celebration around them. And, and I see something from someone the other day who said, you know, he got to take his two kids to Wembley and watch West Ham win. And I thought, well, actually, I can see why a lot of people cling to that Blackpool game. Um, it was a good day out, you know. Yeah. But it, I, you know, weren't fantastic for me to be honest. It wasn't, you know. We, we 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 achieved what we set out to achieve. We didn't play that well. I thought we were lucky, but we won the game. Late goals always brilliant. Yeah. But I can now see why so many West Ham fans cling to that day. Yeah. Because I suppose it's the only bit of success. Well, it know? is. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know. I mean, and and you know, the, the previous. Sort of route of success so to speak when we obviously went up in in um, in the early 2000s and then the FA Cup final and obviously we lost the playoff beforehand you know that was all at Cardiff so you know for a lot of people they've never seen West Ham at Wembley um yeah I I mean 
one of the actually one of the best periods of modern times is probably the free trips to Cardiff. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I love going I pref- to Cardiff. Pref- yeah, me too. I preferred yeah. it to Wembley. Yeah. And I've said it before. I've said it before. I think there's more, you get more atmosphere. You get more sort of like big game atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Obviously something which we don't necessarily have as West Ham fans, but that sort of whole thing around it, the city was divided into two. The pubs were right next to the, you know, you could walk to the stadium from the pub. Whereas, you know, Wembley is quite sterile. You know, that Wembley. Yeah, the the funny thing is, without getting political, when you look back at it now, there was a warning for us about the move to the Olympic Stadium. And Cardiff was fantastic because everything was next to the ground. True, yeah. yeah. The ground was in the centre. All the pubs, the food, everything Mm. was rammed. And it was a short walk up to the stadium. Yeah, you're right. We had that at Green Street. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see the parallels. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and there is a parallel now yeah, because is, yeah, yeah. Wembley is very corporate now since yeah. it's been rebuilt as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, hey ho, progress is progress. Apparently, exactly, exactly. We 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 live on hope. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's move on and talk about your your eleven, Nigel. Now I know you've tried to be a stickler with the rules, and I appreciate that. Um, my we, best. Tr- we try and keep it to a four-four-two. We try and um, we we insist we insist that uh, players that you've seen live. Um, so okay, makes makes your goalkeeper decision easier. Yeah, we get me goalkeeper in then. And yeah. it's your eleven, so you can talk about whoever you want, theme of theme of the players as you want. And, and I and I understand that we have to sort of guess the theme at the end, if that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> see God. see how you get on. Because this is totally different. So here we go. Brilliant. Right. Who's between the sticks then? Right. You ready? Yes. It's Kevin Hitchcock. Yep. Um, Didn't make a first team game for the club, but uh, was on loan during uh, the Redknapp era uh, for three or four months. Local boy. I've seen him play, obviously, I think for Chelsea, Chelsea, but also I've got the program here. He played for. Newham Schoolboys in 1978 um, with, with great uh, aplomb because it was the final of the cup. Here's his name, Kevin Hitchcock, went to Eastley School, Canning Town. Oh. And uh, he played in a team with uh, Jermaine Defoe's uncle. Was well, also, there, you go. there you go. So, and uh, people may remember Vince Hilaire from Crystal Palace and Portsmouth yeah. back in the 80s. His brother was in the same... Newham wow. team that beat Solly Hull boys in the final of the cup. Wow. So, you know, a bit of a strange one because no, he never no, got to play for West Ham. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure he grew up as a West Ham fan. Yeah, definitely. Newham boys and, as well. you know, I always remember Sir John Hall when he bought Newcastle. He dreamed of this, you know, Geordie team for the Geordie nation yeah. where everybody, you know, and, and that's what he tried to do, but, you know, didn't succeed. But still, you know, and I, I, there's a bit of me that thinks, what a great dream that would be. A Cockney, yeah. you know. Cockney 11. Yeah, I love Cockney it. Cockney okay. 11. Right, okay. And he's got, and he's got, you know, well, no, he's, yeah, cock. Hitchcock, you know, so it's a start. Well, there you go. It all adds adds to it. Okay, right. Kevin Hitchcock in goal. Who are we going to go for left back? Right, so I've gone for a sort of bona fide club legend, maybe a bit different people. I've gone for Frank Lampard Senior. Yep. Yep. I mean, as a kid, he had the dry cleaning shop across the road from Rathbone Market, (laughs) dry cleaning by Frank Lampard. So that was always something to be old, to be fair. I don't think Frank actually did the dry cleaning himself. I did ah. ask him once, and he just <laughs> chuckled. Um, to, to be fair, 
I don't know if it's tainted and everything because of his son. I mm. don't feel that he was a fan's favourite when I was there at the time because you had the Bonds and the Brookings mm. uh, playing around that era. Uh, and people seem to miss, he played more times for the club than Bobby Moore. Yeah. He is second in the all-time appearance list um, of, of players. Yeah. You know, brought up in the area. West Ham fan as a kid came through the youth academy. You know, I, d- yeah, I don't know no, what I, else to say. I, you know, he no, coached at the club, it, and people credit him. Redknapp even says credit him for bringing it was him that persevered with Ferdinand, going there, picking him up, bringing yeah. him to the club. You know, doing a bit of scouting and everything else. So I, I think there's a bit of a downer on Frank. No, I agree. I agree. I don't. I don't think he he gets the accolades that 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 he warrants. You know, we we idolise people who've maybe only played 50 games for the club, if that, you know, and people like that, where he was 600 games. Tevez played 25. I know, and and yeah, yeah, I know. But again, I think think you're right. I think it's that era. It's very similar to how I see, um, you know, how people forget about Michael Carrick sometimes because they talk yeah. in my era it's Lampard and Joe and and you know it's and it's Rio and, but Carrick got lost in there and actually Carrick stayed and played a whole seat you know in the championship and you know arguably was a, was, a, was a fantastic professional but no one sort of gave him the credit until he wasn't there if that makes sense yes that's the same yeah. Frank, Frank and senior role I think it's the same yeah. principle um but yeah I mean you know you can't mess with the fact that he's played at, you know, he's over 600 games, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, only Billy Bonds played more than Frank Lampard. There you go. You know, two FA Cup medals, you know, only three West Ham players, um, you know, played in 75 and then won it again in 80. Mm. Yeah. So he's he's one of that three, but he's never, you know, people, you know, you had Merce, Moore and Peters. Yeah. You know, Bonds, Brooklyn, Martin, I don't know what people... Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Frank never gets a... Never gets a mention in that, does he? Never gets a mention. So I'm putting Frank in. Putting Frank back here. Okay, Frank can go left back. Who's going to go right back then, Nigel? Are you ready? Because no one's going to pick this. This is Gary Charles. Okay, all right. Gary Charles, yeah. Gary Charles. Okay. We met at school, aged 11. We got put in the same class together. And when you're new kids, they sit you down. Right, have a chat. What football team sport? West Ham. Gary, West Ham. All right, what's the best moment you had? Me, being a mascot. Gary, oh yeah, when I was mascot. Bang, you know, we we were friends. And he was mascot in a very famous game, people don't realise this, which was Cambridge United in 1979. And I I was at the game. It was like, it was a Friday night. I think they played it on the Friday because they were worried more people would go Christmas shopping on the Saturday. Honestly, this is it was like a, a Division Two game. So they put the game on the Friday. Unfortunately, blew in was one of the worst snowstorms you could imagine. And the game played on, threw out an orange ball. We sat in the West Upper. We could hardly see the game really? at one point oh going on. But, uh, yeah, Gary was the mascot that night um, for the team. West Ham fan as a kid. You know, he used to sit. I remember was, I wanted to be a goalkeeper back then. I think he was a midfield player at school. You know, yeah. and we both dreamed of playing for West Ham. You know, and how many times, I say to people, how many times have you said, I would love just one game for, just one game, to mm. so sat in that dressing room, to pull that shirt on for real. I'd yeah. have loved it. And I can point and say, well, do you know what? I sat next to that boy when he said, I'd love to play for West yeah. Ham. And he did it. 
Yeah. Five games. I know he wasn't the greatest. It's, he had injury problems and his career was on the nosedive, yeah. I suppose we could say. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, he was having a lot of mental problems as well around yeah. that time and everything else. So I tried to cut in some slack. Yes, I do know him. But I, I remember sitting there on the chicken run and he, I sit there and when he made, he came on. I think he was played in the Bradford game. And the mate who knew I knew him said, well, what does it feel like? Yeah. Out there. And I said, there was a part of me that my dream was living through him. Yeah, because we both sat there and said, I'd love to play for West Ham and out of them two boys. You no, know, one of us did it. And not many yeah. people can say that. Nah. So, you know, that, yeah. that's why, you know, love I know. Nah, I, love it. Nah, it's I, I mean, I do joke, you know, he even got the score. A goal. I yeah. mean, I admit it was an own goal. <laughs> the ball hit the back of the net, regardless of what oh, net it was. He wore a West Ham shirt. <laughs> exactly. For that brief second, you know. Oh, I love it. What a lovely, yeah, what a lovely story. Right, let's put, we'll put Gary Charles on the, on, the, uh, on the... I believe that's probably our 100th player, different yeah. player we've interviewed, we've got on there now. So. Yeah, I've got a few more that won't be on there. Actually, yeah, no, just Kevin Hitchcock, <laughs> so it might be 101 now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go centre-back. So who's, who's your first centre-back then, Nigel? All right, I'm going Paul Brush. Paul Brush, yep. Paul yeah. Brush, I felt sorry for him. 1980, never got on, substitute. Mm. Played in the semi-final, played a lot of games. Um, went the same score as me. Obviously, years above, I weren't there at the same time. But we all knew uh, he was at Cumberland. So when he was in the team, he was someone the school could say, you know, if you know, you never know, you could go on and play for West Ham, yeah. like Paul Brush. To see some of the teachers there had taught him. So, you know, a, a, a local lad came through the youth system, played in the youth cup final, nineteen seventy five against Ipswich, which we didn't win, but you know, so the youth team at that time, with Alvin, with Jeff Pike. Mm. Someone else that's going to come up is in that team as well. So, you know, this is a local lad yeah. who probably, you know, well, I know he, he went through the youth system, was a West Ham fan as a kid and lived his dream. Yeah. Got exactly. to play for West Ham. And, um, you know, I think he did seven, eight years. Always on the fringes of the first team. There was, sure. It was, you know, he did play centre-back. But when you know Martin was out or when Bonds was out, he played yeah. left back when Frank was out. He played right back when Ray Stewart was out. You know, so he was always so there that's, or thereabouts. Squad utility player, yeah, who, yeah which, you, which you need. You know, he played in the FA Cup semi final against yeah. Everton. Didn't make the final though. Mm. Oh well. All right, I'll put Brushy in. Okay, Brushy's one centre back. Who's going to yeah. partner Brush in the middle then? Right, a player that was in the team when I first joined. Obviously, we got we got relegated then. Yeah. But uh, Kevin Locke, yep, centre half. He's got he's got a great fact about Kevin is that he, he played for two clubs, uh, West Ham and Fulham, and at both clubs he took the place of Bobby Moore when Bobby left the club. Oh, so cool. <laughs> he came through the youth system as a player. Uh, you know, was was on the fringes like Paul Brush to begin with early seventies came more into the team once Bobby Moore left. Mm. And through the mid-70s, FA Cup final, the European Cup Winners' Cup run in, out to um, Belgium against Anderlecht. You know, so it, a proper West Ham player for me. You know, was sold to Fulham after uh, Bobby Moore retired uh, when we went down. 
So again, he's slotted in. You yeah. know, and I, I remember a big thing. We played Fulham 1978. And for me, it was a big thing to see him come back. Yeah, sure. And uh, I think he captained Fulham that day um, against West Ham. He got, he, got a good, he got a good reception that yeah. day. As, as, happened, as, as usually happens when players leave the right way, so to speak. The, you yeah. know, but you get that. You do get that. Okay. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, this is, this is uh, boosting up the, uh, the players who haven't been mentioned. Okay. Uh, tally. <laughs> so we're doing well. Doing well. Thanks, Nigel. Right. Okay. That's your back four as your goalkeeper. Let's go left wing. Who have we got on the left wing? Left wing. I've got Alan Kirbishley. Okay. Yeah. Kerbs. Came through the youth team with Paul Brush. Um, went South West Ham Tech on the Barking Road. Which, which was a school that changed names various times. Tr- people might know it as Trinity. People, it's now Rokeby School, fun enough. If people know the Barking Road, it's the school next to the McDonald's on, on, uh, down in Canning Town. Yep. Grew up down by West Ham train station. Um, West Ham player through and through. The problem is midfielder coming through. Played a lot in the season we got relegated. I think he fell out with John Lyle. We didn't get promoted first season or first season down in Division 2, 78, 79. And he fell out with Lyle, even though he kept playing. And then we finally sold into Birmingham City. Um, funny enough, like before the, before the cup final. But he came back with Birmingham, funny enough. And again, it was another game that I remember a few yeah. reasons. When he came, it was a big deal. Kirby's first game back. Because he was a he was a good player, yeah. you know. It was a shame it was a, a young West Ham player that we've now moved on. But then again, when you look at our midfield of, you know, of, of Brooking, mm. Devon Shear, back then you can see how the route was blocked mainly, or perhaps West Ham thought, you know, yes, we fell out, you can go. Yeah, but um, you know, the the, the, the the his first game back from Billy Bonds got sent off fighting Colin Sod and nearly missed the FA Cup final. <laughs> um, for for Birmingham, but I, you know, and then when he came back as manager after Pardew, again, I've always loved the fact. I've always expected, perhaps because I brought up under the Lowe area, mm. where you think it's a West Ham man. So yeah. I've, I, me personally, I've always preferred a West Ham man to be the manager. Sure, yeah. So Kirbishly, you know, people say football weren't great. You know, Pardew with sort of started to unravel for whatever reason mm. we had the takeover yeah pardon you weren't there man we know that generally happens anyway they've turned to a west Ham man which yeah. i think was the right move yeah, at right the time. Move. yeah definitely you know we all know that goes sour but i thought his time as a manager wasn't that bad it was sort of a stabilizing time right exactly yeah uh, until we went bankrupt he was on yeah he was on um <laughs> He was on uh, one of Chris Skull's podcasts, um, Quickly Kevin, um, yep. and they asked about his greatest regret, and he was like, another season at West Ham. That's what I wanted. One more season. So as a player or as the no, manager? No, as, as a manager. As the manager. Reckon he could have, yeah, he reckoned he was, his time was, he had unfulfilled um, you know, ambition. He thought another season would have... Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think he did like a two and a half years or, yeah. or something like that, and I and I I don't think that's enough time for a manager no. to build a football club or no, a no. team. And I think this is a problem we're having yeah. at the moment: is chopping and changing managers. Every manager has to deal with the hand he's been given by the previous yeah. manager. Yeah, yeah, 
and not only that is we've gone from a manager that plays football to a manager that plays it differently. And then yeah. we've got another manager that plays it differently. And then we go to one that plays it differently. And then we bring back a manager who played it differently, but we didn't like the way he played. So we replaced him with a manager who was supposed to play better. But actually, it weren't working, so we're going to go back. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, again, personally, I do prefer a West Ham man to mm. be managing the club because I think they understand the fan base. If you're a West Ham fan as a kid and you brought up and everything through that ethos, because mm. I do believe in the ethos of the West Ham way, that um, it helps that they should understand that. Yeah, bring the no, players in to entertain the fans because it's yeah. entertainment at the end of the day. No, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so put Curbs in the left. Who should we go on the opposite wing? Who's going on the right wing then, Nigel? I'm putting Danny Williamson. Oh, great shout. You like that? Oh, yeah. That was, that's, that's my era. That is my era, Danny Williamson. Yeah. Most famous man at my wedding. He was so popular, we had to form a queue of kids to sign autographs. <laughs> Uh, I used to play golf a lot with Danny. Yeah. But again, it was someone that um, he went out with my wife's best friend. So from the age of 16. So he was in, well, I don't know, 16, might have been 18. But um, I see him, I used to go and see him a few times in the youth. And it was at the era, we hadn't brought anyone through. Yeah. And, you, you know, you never know whether a player's going to make it or not going to make it. Mm. And I think he's a player that um, he got sent on loan to Doncaster for 13 games. But he was a player that when he came on in the early games as a sub, something happened. I think he came on against Arsenal, helped set up a goal with Martin Allen. Um, I think one of his first games he scored as well. I'm thinking Southampton. And then he got given his chance yeah. and he took it. And, and, and again, it's about with youth players you have to play them to see how good they are, sink or oh, swim. Because yeah. if you don't play them, uh, and I think this is where we've gone wrong in the past by releasing too many that we've never seen or never given a proper go. Mm. And, and Danny really, really grew, grew as a player playing first-team football. Yeah. And um, scored some fantastic goals. Yeah. One of the best away at Bolton. If people can ever go and see that, you know, he, he picked the ball up on the edge of the Bolton area. Mm. breakaway and just kept running and running and the story told me is Tony Cotty was screaming at him pass it pass it pass it <laughs> I just got to the edge of the area and hit it yeah so yeah you know it, and it it was funny to see a, a, a player we, we used to play golf at anal yeah that um for the when we first started playing nobody knew who he was and then nah everything then it got more busy busy and then you know halfway through a golf swing sh someone walking along shout out oh, oh don't. you know and you'd think it, it, it's sort of an eye-opener to think how uh, sometimes it can be frustrating yeah yeah because you're never left alone yeah at times so and, and to see that first hand where you know we're all over players it, it, it sort of taught me you know don't be all over if you see players out in a they're just normal people leave them be yeah, you know, let them, yeah, yeah. let them get on with what they're doing because they're they're entitled to to have a game of golf, you know. And Danny, you know, to be fair to him, he never complained. No. So you know, no, I think I think and and yeah, I, I get that totally. Um, 
obviously you won't have, have a problem with that at the moment because you have to be two. You to, yeah. First you've got to play two two ball anyway, so yeah, got two meters. But I mean, yeah, I can I can totally see it. And as you said, he definitely grew into his role. He was one of the few players that my granddad rated. Uh, God, God, God bless his soul. Yeah. Um, him and Trevor Sinclair. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Trevor Sinclair was any black player for West Ham uh, because his eyesight was going. So, um, but Danny Williamson, yeah, he loved Danny Williamson. And I and I, and I, I yeah, he was and obviously unfortunately yeah, injury. This is the thing, and it was a strange, you know, people, you know, we had Frank Lampard coming up behind him, and, and, you know, we sold him, and it was a typical Harry thing, I can't remember the thing, in that we got Unsworth as part of the deal, Mm. and I think we got money in Unsworth. Um, It was Billich, though, that sort of said to Howard Kendall about Danny how good he was and he'd be a good player for Everton. So I don't know if Everton made the approach first or or what way round how it yeah. came to being. But the season before we sold him, because we sold him in the August, uh, the season before we sold him, he, he got injured in the September and hadn't played again. We hadn't seen him. I think he'd done his car for his Achilles. Yeah. And he, he went to Everton and he only played 18 games and had yeah. to retire out of injury. So... You know, perhaps it, it's it's hard balancing a team out. It's, it's yeah. you know, you know. It, and, it, I, yeah, it's, 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 hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, you, that, you and that is moment. true. You know, yeah. you have to live live in the moment. And I, I thought Unsworth did well for us to be yeah, fair. No, no, yeah, no. But I, um, I you know, I suppose they had Frank coming through. They had Frank coming through, and obviously Slav had gone to Everton, so. Yeah. It was sort of necessity, really. I, I think. mean, at that time, at Everton, I think, you know, were still trading. They weren't the greatest of teams. No. But they were still perceived to be a bigger club than West Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That time, definitely, yeah. Yeah, you're so, right. And that's, that's one of the reasons why Slav went, weren't it, for that, yeah. you know, because he saw it as an upgrade, so to speak. Um, right, okay, so with Danny Williamson, another new name. Love it. Okay, let's go into the midf- uh, centre midfields, Nigel. Who's your first okay. centre midfielder? Alan Dickens. Another one. Another new one. I love it. Um, was billed as the new Trevor Brooking. Yeah. Um, terrific player. I think he played in the Youth Cup winning team in 1981. Um, local lad. Um, funny story is I, I remember meeting him at an engagement party because my boss at the time got engaged to his ex-girlfriend. Uh, they had the party down in the school in Canning Town, but Dick Allen was still friends with the girl and the girl's family, so he got invited. And um, uh, my boss knew I was uh, I was a locksmith on the Barking Road. Um, and my boss knew I was mad West Ham, so got me to go and say hello to him. But I, I, yeah, he was like, oh, "Hello, like big fan," and I was like a bit of an idiot back then to be yeah. fair. So, um, but yeah, Alan Dickens, local boy. I thought he was a fantastic player, to be fair, uh, and in. One of the best players, again, underrated for the 85 86 team. You go back, people go, Cotty, McAvenny, mm-hmm. Mark Ward, everything. Alan Dickens in the middle was, was outstanding that season for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big underrated player. Big, big underrated player. And another local boy. Yeah, another local boy. Dreamed of playing for West Ham. Um, I don't know if he soured it by, by leaving when we got relegated to go mm. to Chelsea. Maybe he recovered it by being thought of as rubbish at Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, 
it was disappointing to see Lee, but that's what happens when you go down there, isn't it? Yeah. Your players, players leave and you have to yeah. rebuild. Clear the books even more so you now, know. I think. So, but I, I mean, f- coming through 81, 82, yeah. you know, all the way up to 1989, I don't think the kid ever let us down, to be fair. No, good shout. Okay, put Alan Dickens in. And who's going to partner Alan in the midfield? Uh, I suppose I have to go Mark Noble. This was a tough choice for me, tougher than normal, to be fair. Um, w- wonderful. Uh, I, you know, when he broke through as a kid in the, in the championship, mm. uh, in the promotion season, he was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I thought it was a shame. I think we sent him on loan. I don't know if it was Hip Switch. The, the first <sighs> season we went Ipswich up. Switch or was it Hull or something like that? Yeah, it was something yeah. like that. So yeah. I, we sent him away on loan. I thought that was a bit harsh because him and Elliot, was it Elliot Wald at Elliot the back? Wald, yeah. Had yeah. come in and done enough. And I think we sort of, because we were back in the Premier, the, the Premier League, mm. they got sort of pushed aside a bit too quick. I'd have liked him to stay more around. And I think it bailed out whether the... Going on loan might have been good for him, but when he came back in in the 2006 season, seven mm. season, again, you know, that, that is probably his most prolific for goals. Yeah. You know, he had great link-up play with Tevez. I you know, for, and for such a young, he still would have been 19, 20 at that point. Would have been, yeah. You know, fantastic player. You know, I'm a bit different. I, he sullied it a bit for me. And I'll tell you why I, I am denied, because... With the protests, I thought what he did to that fan was wrong. And I know I'm in a minority there. Yeah. And I remember the bond scheme protests. Yeah. When, you know, Julian Dix was the captain and went up and spoke to the protester. And, and you know, there was no man no, yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that. And I, I felt that was a bit unnecessary because I don't think the, the bloke was a West Ham fan. And I don't think a, a, a player should never do that to a fan mm. for me especially a player like Mark Noble, who is a West Ham boy mm. and everything. But you can't, you can't, you know, can't go against the boy, the loyalty. And every time yeah. people write him off, for years and years, people yeah. go, oh, he's got no legs, he's got no legs. I'll tell yeah, you what, though, yeah. when he's at the team, and, yeah. you know, we miss him. And then when yeah. he comes back, every season, you can see what he brings to that team. I'm, as a player, I am not going to fault him. I think, no. you know, rightly, he probably will be a club legend yeah no, I'm not sure he'll get a statue but no. anyway and uh, and for me you you have to keep him at the club yes I no. think he will be though I think you know he's, he's said it uh, he was on yeah. Harry's show the other day weren't he saying oh yeah you know I'd love to love to be manager or director of football or something like that or some, and you can see him like literally not being able to leave be about past a hundred meter distance of the stadium you know it's like he just it seems so ingrained in him West Ham that I don't think he could live without it more than yeah. I think. Um, so although we need him, I think he needs it as well. Um, you know, yeah, you know, sometimes it's hard because you bring players. You know, again, you have players that the fans love, yeah. and you want them to stay at the club. They're given a coaching role by Ukubar Crook. They end up being manager. They're not a good manager, so they get sacked, and then yeah. the player has to leave the club. That, mm. You know, in a, in a way that that's all they've known, and we've seen it time like John Lowe should never have been allowed to leave the club. It should have been handled better. In, in a way, Billy Bonds, you know, they should yeah. have done that better. You know, we should never allow Bill 
even though he did go to Millwall and nearly relegate them. So, you know... That's part of the plan, yeah. You know, there's a bit of a plus side there. Yeah. You know, so... But, you know, we, we need to... For me, and I know football's changing. For, you mm. know, it's now international, worldwide. But as a kid, when you grow up next to the ground, you don't see the outside world. I was no. amazed the amount of foreign people that, um, I'd, you know, I think only since the internet, I've really noticed yeah. how yeah, yeah. international the fan base is. Yeah. I, I've got a good friend in Germany now. And, and we met for the first time watching West Ham at Tottenham in Wembley. Oh. And he's a German fan. We get talking, blah, 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 exchange numbers. And you think, oh, nice fan, blah, blah, blah. What's his yeah. story? He's followed West Ham since before, since the 1970s. Yeah. He came to London, lived with a West Ham family when he was a teenager. And not only that is, yeah. he flies over every season, four, five, six, seven times. Goes all the big games. Mental. You know, and you think, oh, hold up a minute. I've got friends in America. Yeah. And you think, oh, don't tell me Green Street, you know, because the Americans used to annoy me. They'd be standing there taking a photograph with a Green Street sign, blocking <laughs> the pavement. <laughs> so I get friendly with, with, he writes for West Ham till I die, David Altsig. So yeah. we get friendly, right, for Santa Clara, and you say, well, you know, how long have you followed West Ham, Dave? Ah, oh, since 1991. Yeah, really? They, did they, have, they didn't show football back in America then. <laughs> no, no, no. I knew a bloke in America who was a big West Ham fan. He got us into it. Well, how would you watch the games? Oh, we had to run from bar to bar sometimes in New York and then try and catch it on a radio. And him and his mate, John. And it, it changed me because I listened to these stories and I think, Blimey, I got yumped when my mum moved me to Barking at 14 and I had to get a train <laughs> instead of walking to the ground. And here's these New Yorkers running around New York. Yeah. You know, and Try to get five it's sort minutes, of a yeah. bit of an eye-opener. No, definitely. Ah, um, big yeah. the fan base. No, I definitely. We had, um, we had um, what's his name? Uh, German Holt. Swedish from, Hammers. Yeah, yeah. The, the Scandinavian Hammers, yeah. Scandinavian. And he's, I mean, he's, his room's like yours, you know, and yeah. it was like, such an eye opener because you, you know, all the all the sort of international fans I know are guys who were like lived in the UK and now emigrated or moved out. And he was the first one I properly met proper who was just seventies and he's absolutely fanatical. And yeah, you you get a new fan appreciation for, for it the is, fan base. Belgian Amers, my life, yeah. the coach load of them. Every yeah. game, yeah. every game. I used to see them. Sometimes I used to go, if I was going for a drink at East Ham in the middle as well, but after every game, they, they, their bus would be, they'd all be allowed two pints of beer in the Millers before they had to jump back on the bus and get the coach back to Belgium. And you think, what type Man, of journey is that? They've got to be leaving four or five o'clock in the morning, their houses yeah. to get the coach to come over. Proper dedication. Yeah. And then we moan about having to get a, a you know, rail replacement bus. You know, a 20 minute walk from Stratford, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it, yeah, I know it, what you mean. It, it, you know, it's, it's a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, I know what you mean. Anyway, we'll put Mark Noble in final. <laughs> yeah, why not? Right, who's going up front then? Who's the strikers then? Nigel's your first striker. Uh, right, thing. <laughs> Jermaine Defoe. Okay, yeah. Um, we never got to see the best of him. No, but we we saw a real great out and out goal scorer. Um, I don't know how much you know. We, he came he came through the youth network, but we did nick him at sixteen from Charlton. Yeah, 
But then again, he realised that he's, you know, Cholton were a team that brought through youth players, but he probably had better chance with us. Yeah. Did we know how good he was? You know, there's a lot of hype when we get kids like that. We don't. We send him on loan to Bournemouth. I think it was 12 goals in 12 games. Something like that, yeah. So then we're all thinking, well, let's get him in. We get him in. Goals, goals, goals. Yeah. And I will forgive him as a folly of youth, you know, and the fact that we, we can see what agents do to kids now because we're going through it at exactly yep. this moment. Yeah. The problem is, is that while it's easy for us to go, well, the player should know better, when you're being advised by these people who, who put faults into your head yeah. of grandeur and this is how it works, you might not want to do it, but this is how the system works. Exactly. So if you're being told by someone older than you who's supposed to be representing you, this is how it works because they're in football, remember? Yeah, they know. That is how it works. Yeah. So I'll forgive him the transfer request. And he has apologised profusely on, on many, exactly, many interviews exactly as well. Right. So, you, know, yeah. he, you know, he knew what the club was about. I think he went to St Bonaventure School. Yeah. Local boy. You know, so again, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if he was a West Ham fan as a kid. But, you know, you'd like to think that he only lived like two, three miles away from the ground. Yeah. He definitely had a, you know, I had, believe it or not, I grew up with a, a Tottenham fan where I lived, they used to come West Ham with me. Well, it is what it is, isn't it? Some, when, you're, when you're a kid particularly, it's like, you know, you So, well, you it was the local you team. Yeah. He wanted to come football. Yeah. So, he, he, he would come with me and watch football. I used to do the home and away with, um, or the home home with, with Orient, because obviously, when I was young, <laughs> you'd, Orient would always play the home games with West Ham were playing away, and Orient were doing like a tenner for a season to get older. Yeah. Well, 16. as a five-year-old, I'd go, I'd... I'd when I was, where was I? I was about six, seven. Um, my mum wouldn't let me go West Ham. My yeah. uncle used to take me West Ham, but he, he wasn't about, so he couldn't take me. Um, so my mum's friend at work was an Orient, so he, or used to go all Orient games. Yeah. So he took me Orient a dozen times. I think, I always remember, because Laurie Cunningham played for Orient, who, who went on to play for Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I, I, I've been to Wembley three times with Orient. Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember going Wembley with Orient so and they, in the playoff it, finals against... You know, it's good to see, Andrew. you know, people younger than me that, that it carried on because yeah. it was a big thing. A lot of people, as you said, people may not realise is that even a lot of the stewards that did West Ham were the stewards at Orient because yeah. you would go there and you'd seen the same. Yeah, that's true. It's so true. There used to be a sliding door at the bottom of the West Stand. Uh, the bottom of the staircase, and they used to have a bloke with glasses on it. I always remember this as a kid. And if you, if you could bung him a couple of quid, he'd let you in, believe it or not. But anyway, he's long dead, so I can say that. <laughs> so, so the funny thing is, he operated the sliding door at Orient as well. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So, um, love it. but yeah, back to Defoe. Yeah. Much maligned, yeah. still going strong at 37, still getting yeah. goals up in Scotland. You know, I'd have had him back because I think, yeah, we can slaughter these players and criticise them. The same with Paul Ince, but I think you do have to forgive and forget and realise these people. And it's funny how the three most hated players now, probably, Defoe, Lampard and Ince. Yeah. And, and what is the common denominator? Well, they were youth team players. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They came through, we brought them through. Perhaps we've, that's why we feel the... Not so much, yeah. you know. No, I think you're right. I if think... A, and if a player 
outside of us treats us that way, we just go, oh, they're just a mercenary, you know, like Arnautovic. Yeah, you're probably right. I think there's, 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 because it, it was one of our own. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And I think it just, it's the way, as you said, you know, it's the way people leave, isn't it? So, like, you know, everyone, you know, Rio appears in most people's 11s for West Ham. Yeah. You know, and he left, you know, to, to go to Leeds, but, you know, or, or Tevez, who he went to, you know, into Man United and stuff like that. I think it's the way, as you said, I think they were just all badly advised. So, not badly advised, but definitely Defoe was badly advised. And, some extent Paul Ince because the whole thing with the photograph and well, his agent yeah. and all that stuff but yeah no I agree I agree and I think it's because that we have a special attachment to them because they are West Ham boys so to speak they came from yeah. okay right who's going to partner Defoe up front then well, probably the one from uh, that I share with Sean to be fair which I was I knew he'd put him in because I know how much he loved him yeah Oh, and if you've watched the show with Sean Whetstone and want to know where his grandparents went on holiday with the West Ham team, it was Torquay. Oh, Torquay. Uh, so Sean may forget, but I always remember because he's <laughs> told me the story bloody often enough. I remember it was Torquay, where his family on holiday with the West Ham team. But anyway, so up front, we go Tony Cotty. Yeah. Um, from the first game against Tottenham, I mean, you know, if you want to be a hero, score against Tottenham. Yeah, you, too right. you want to be a legend, be a West Ham boy that scores against Tottenham on your debut. Yeah. Um, you know, a kid, how fantastic, again, what I say is how fantastic must it be to go from terraces, you know, it runs through here, from terraces to pitch, living the dream. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's a kid who's Dr. Martin Boots was famous as him from the FA Cup final in 1980. You know, steeped in the club. In a way, you know, and this is something you say, left in the right way, left in the wrong way. It's, it yeah. was a sort of 50-50 with Cotty mm. because we knew how much he loved the club. We could see the club was on the slide. And in fact, for me, selling Cotty was, was the now that relegated us because yeah. we, we never really got a replacement for him. Um, when he went to Everton in 88. Obviously, Everton, though, had recently won a European Cup. They'd been league champions. They'd won FA Cups. Yeah. You know? So, Everton was a big team. I think it was a record 2.2 million transfer. What can you do? But wherever he's gone, he's always spoke about his love for the club. You can't hide the fact his love for the club. And I remember he came back for the Bobby Moore uh, Memorial game. Yep. Uh, at the opening of the Bobby Moore stand. So it was about 93, 94. So he came back and he got, he, he got a good reception. And I think that paved the way for him um, to come back to the club mm. and finally get the 100 goals, you know, for us yeah. that, that, that he deserved. And I was disappointed when we sold him again, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, came back and scored against us, I think, for Leicester. Yeah, 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 but got a so. different reception when he first came back with Everton. I think I think he got a, a bit of a bad reception, and I sure. imagine that must hurt. Yeah, but um, you know, and even now you you know you know we all know he loves the club and yeah. and, and everything else. So there you go. There you go. TC's in. TC's, TC's in. in. Yeah. Okay. Right. I th- it's a it's a theme. Are they like? Were they all, did they were all bored or they like all were like at school within like three miles of the ground or something like that? So, yes. <laughs> the criteria. See, I, I mean, as a, you know, I coined a phrase years ago, um, our tanners. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know where, where do you come from, Russ? Uh, uh, I'm Loughton. I live in Romford, Loughton. Church. So you're an out-of-towner. Yeah. Yeah. So it started off as a joke <laughs> with me mates, uh, or with Sean, like basically the, the Surrey boys, Mockneys, you know, you're bloody out-of-towners. And then other, a few other people pick up on it, and people think I'm digging at them, you know. And it was just a jokey thing. But what I, it was difficult because at first when I joked it, what I said, well, basically the, the theory behind it was is that if you grow up in the shadow of the ground, so yeah. you see that ground every day, you've got a love for the area as well. Because West Ham Football Club for me is not just wasn't just about 19 games for 22 games. At the, at the ground, whatever it was mm. when we were playing, it was the area. This represented the area where I come from. This is part of my history. You know, my family were around Cannon Town when the club was formed. Yeah. You know, it's quite... Well, I know my great-granddad was at the 1923 Cup final. You know, so it, when they say it's sort of ingrained in me, it, it, it you know, is, everywhere it I go... yeah. You know, people, you look at me, I haven't put this shirt on just for today. When I go to work, I've got a West Ham t-shirt on. Everywhere I work, people know me. I swear you'd think my name was West Ham where I used to work. Because <laughs> half the people there just, oh, West Ham geezer. That's, that's what they used to call me. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's... So this team here, I wanted to build a team, as I said, about the Geordie Nation, the thing. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. my team. Cockney Nation. Of, Tanners. Tanners, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tanners 11. All born in Newham. Yeah. All of them. Predominantly were born in West Ham. Now, yeah. I had other, I, I, listen, I had substitutes as well, <laughs> just in case there was any, you know, any like the people like Rob Lees. Yeah. You, you know, uh, the goalkeeper I possibly would have chose is that man there, Ernie Gregory. Yeah. Born in Stratford. You know, Mr. West Ham was at the club from the age of 15 until he was like 70 odd. Wow. So, in, in, you know, I, I made sure I covered it, but I picked what I thought would be yeah. a fair balanced side yeah. of <laughs> local <Tanners>. of town. <laughs> yeah, not from out of town. Nah, yeah. love, it. love it. Nigel, thank you so much. It's been a right giggle. It's been really fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been good fun. Obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. Obviously, you know what to do. Like, share, subscribe, watch them all. And until next time, guys, Take care, stay safe. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.